Welcome to the Between the Ears podcast. This week, we had the pleasure of chatting with Oakley Woodhouse. Oakley is the owner of Forest Flow CrossFit in the UK and also works on the CrossFit seminar staff team as a level one instructor. She's also a competitive athlete, um, very high level CrossFit Games athlete, and is part of the Noble team of athletes. She also works for the 180 Project, which is an amazing nonprofit that uses fitness to engage at risk and vulnerable community members who are, uh, some are in recovery, some are actually in prison. Um, they also have a program for young people who are in very challenging situations. And um, they're changing lives through fitness and life coaching and just all of the good things that a, a health and wellness practice should include. And while all of that is impressive, it still doesn't even begin to scratch the surface of who Oakley is as a human being. Uh, she is a powerhouse of a woman whose story is fascinating and definitely inspiring. Uh, on this episode, we dive into her background as an athlete, which, by the way, is a world champion BJJ black belt, <laughs> and how that influences uh, her current self, her current view as an athlete, and some of the stuff that you know uh, she works through with both her own athletic endeavors and and her clients. Uh, we dig into her dose experience, talk about her incredible affiliate Forest Flow CrossFit, which is honestly just like so cool. Um, not only because of their workouts or their equipment, but uh, you're just going to have to check it out. Uh, you can check that out at Forest Flow CrossFit on Instagram and Oakley Woodhouse. We'll have those links in the uh, bio. Check out what she's up to. It, it's impossible not to root for her. It's impossible not to be inspired by her. And uh, this conversation was truly a pleasure to have, and we hope you enjoy. So without further ado, here's the show. That's our, um, our little hellos are our intro, and it's always funny to see what people, some people, it takes them like a few minutes, and they're like, oh, hey. Um, so we are here with Oakley. We had some um, technical problems, but she was very patient, and her backdrop is, mm -hmm. tell us, tell us, Oakley, where, where you are in the world. I am in the Isle of Skye in Scotland. Yes, and... It's really beautiful. When I see your pictures and videos, it reminds me of like Lord of the Rings. Did they film yeah. Lord of the it's Rings a there? Great suggestion. Uh, did you know what? I don't think they did, but every time we drive along the roads, like Sky's known for its it, its large mountains and its backdrop and its scenery. And Lord of the Rings is definitely something. And like also dinosaurs, you can you could see both. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah just waterfalls and all sorts yeah. of. When you go on your run. You really like could I know you're involved in, in Noble. Um I was like, I think are you one of their athletes or are yeah. you yeah. And you're you could like just be running there 
advertisements because like you'll hold your nobles up with like the background I'm like I want those shoes but I think I actually just want to wear them in this environment but they do really <laughs> not a good job of series too. <laughs> um well we are very excited to have you on and um you know this kind of you and I met I don't even know what then, when yeah and I just mm -hmm. remember having a chat with you I think the most we talked was at the airport leaving the games I think you were right and, yeah, yeah. You, like sat at the table and chatted it up um but obviously you live in the UK and mm -hmm. so we haven't had a chance even when I worked for CrossFit to really um cross paths too much but I do recall even from that conversation and I think talking to Carl Stedman he said it best that you're like this old soul and um you're like a very you're an old soul but you're when i started following your stuff i just was inspired and like there's an authenticity to what you do and um yeah i just i find it really um like i said before you sort of have a very colorful life and you seem to be involved in a lot of different things and certainly an un untraditional CrossFit gym. And um, so I thought this would be a kind of a good, a good conversation. Hopefully. Well, thank you for that. Cause it's, um, yeah, I guess everyone's got the journey and like the social media I don't find is a easy thing to handle a lot of the time. Um, so sort of in and out with it. So it's the, one of the biggest thing is that for me anyways, that people know that it is authentic or feel that. So I really appreciate you saying that it's nice to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is good to get that feedback. Um, and in your case, you know, sometimes you don't want to depict things that are inaccurately beautiful, but you do actually like, it's probably a, accurate. Um, so tell us a little bit about like what, what you do, what you're kind of, what's your day to day? What, what are you doing these days? So I do own my gym, which is called Forest Flow CrossFit. And I'll be honest, I probably got that to, well, I have got that to the point now where I never wanted to be like the forefront of the gym, like the only person that kept it together or that was known for that. So it is very much a group effort. And in order for the gym to function, Forest Flow, like I'm so grateful for the coaches that I've got because they are also what makes the gym the gym. So as much as I used to coach there, like 24-7, it's now at the point where I do a couple of classes a week at the gym and then I'm in the background running everything else. And it has also allowed me the opportunity then to look at other avenues that, because I opened the gym back in 2020, which was really great wow. time in surrounding COVID, mm. but it is what it is. Mm. Um, and I guess since then, like the, everyone grows, everyone evolves and I have been quite wonderfully pulled into other avenues as well so I work for a charity called the 180 project and the majority of my time now during the week is spent going into prison so we go into a prison local to us and soon to be a couple of other prisons as well and we teach the lads in there we teach them CrossFit and it is CrossFit we are affiliated but I say that because it's so much more. It's it's more so about building and changing community because our prime focus is to help people going through drug, 
alcohol, mental health issues, which many people maybe don't understand, but is literally the vast majority of people in prison. So we've got, so we're in there pretty much every day. And I then help the program because the big thing about the program is that the lads come out into our outside program. So we're connected to different services. So we've got a women's program. We've also got a guys program and I'm not part of it, but the charity itself's got a young offenders program as well where they come to do CrossFit three times a week and have therapy, different sessions and so on. But then this is all done at Forest Flow. Um, sorry, what was that? You do this at, you do this at Forest Flow CrossFit. You do this at your gym. This is, so the, the prison is actually about 20 minutes from the gym, but the actual charity they set up years ago, um, with a CrossFit gym, which is about 40 minutes down the road from where mine is with the sole function to be a sort of rehabilitation place through movement. Wow. I know that wow. it's amazing what they've done really, really special. Yeah. Um, so they set up and their sort of ethos was to have the prime focus of the space be used for rehabilitation. But alongside that, to try and cover the cost was to be a fully functioning CrossFit gym. So that's actually called mm-hmm. CrossFit Delta Fox. So I work alongside them. And the hope is that, well, I think next month, we're going to have a group of people that are obviously not in prison, but on the outside now that have come to us and reintegrated and we're hopefully changing that community. They're going to be coming up to me for sort of days at a time so that we can encompass the running outside. We can encompass the lake dips and so on because Delta Fox is very much, um, you know, your usual industrial space. They've not really got that access to outside. But yeah, so yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah, that's great. That's yeah, cool. so you guys, I mean, that part. What what got you? Like, I guess, what part of um, your experience with CrossFit and people, you know, had you yeah. be interested in getting involved in that? And also, sort of, because I've seen that was one of the things that I um, noticed right away that you guys did the. I know there's like the mental health swims and you were sort of involved, but you guys on your own go and do dips, like kind of mm-hmm. before it was cool. Yeah. And I was just like, Hey, we're just getting in this lake and there wasn't like, you know, the tub um, as we do, but you know, what, like what inspired that or what was that about yeah. that part of it's a really interesting one actually because when I it's it's evolved that one when I first started it was very much a thing for me to reconnect with my mind in the sense that you know whenever you get into cold water the first thing your head says is you're gonna die get out oh my gosh you can't do this but that's just what my head says anyway and it was the It was the knowing that I could do something that my mind didn't want me to do or that that safety mechanism in my body that was so ingrained is like, now, Oaks, like you shouldn't be doing this. But if I could show myself there that I could control the thoughts, which then affected my body, my breathing, my temperature, then why couldn't I control those thoughts elsewhere, such as saying a workout or when pushing hard and so on? And... I quite liked it for that. But then as I think it was probably around the COVID time that 
it started to evolve into something a little bit more. So versus just showing myself that I could do that, it was a, a really deep connection with nature. So like we, I, I prefer dipping in a lake because it forces me to get, to make the time for it, to go outside, to connect, to, gosh, there's, especially when, just to look at how wonderful it is and to just be completely and utterly like cleansed from being in something so lovely. But uh, yeah, that's how it, how it evolved. Yeah, that's beautiful. And that's kind of your gym. I mean, you guys are in nature. I mean, so that seems like that's been important to you even in the CrossFit setting. Yeah, yeah, it was a. What is the uh, what's the what's the meaning or the significance or the inspiration behind the name Forest Flow? It's a great question. Um, so it took me a long time to come up with that name, and I actually had a long time to figure it out because I I waited because I, I obviously well I know you guys know, but others might not. I teach for CrossFit as well, so I teach the level ones, level twos, and kids courses and have done now for just over six years. And I think I've been doing that for about three or four years before I was like, I want to open my own space, but I didn't want it to be a space that was, I guess, your normal industrial unit. And I just remember the amount of times I'd be working in a gym and it'd be so dark and I'd be like, I just can't, this isn't very very nice to be in, especially for coaches that are there all day. Like your soul right, is just being cold, like to your bones. Yeah, yeah, like when it's time to move at lunch, you're like I just want to go lay under that blanket. <laughs> yeah, like, wrap me next to the radiator, please. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So, my landlord, my now landlord, I met him by chance, and he said, "I will build you a space. I'll make it work on this random country park, which is where we are now." And it took him about nine months to actually find us something so in those nine months it was okay well what what is the name what what is it and we were meant to originally be in a forest and we're not far off that we're not quite in a forest but obviously we've got many trees around um so that was where forest came from and then flow because for me it encompasses I guess every aspect of life and it's something that, and I know this goes against everything that flow is. I wanted to say striving for, but then we're obviously not in flow and we're striving for something. But it's just that reminder to be that rather than pushing for something, just to allow whatever comes to come. And I thought for me that that was something that I missed in many different gyms when the effects of training were so profound in more than just the physical aspect, but what the mental aspect brought as well. That I was like, these two things can't really be separate. Like we need them together. And if I'm going to open a space, they are going to be together. So that's the name. Yeah. Wow. Do you find that um, like, so you were working in gyms, you know, teaching a lot, traveling, coaching. Do you, did you find that sort of, being in flow, the experience of flow was, and agreed, like not like easier or more difficult, but perhaps more natural when you were more closely connected to nature versus, you know, a more urban or city type of, or, you know, just industrial thing. Like, 
what do you see as the connection? Because you're obviously, um, you have like a large spectrum of environments that you perform the same thing in, which I think yeah. is interesting. Anything from like, yep, a prison to the forest and, and in between. Yeah. How do you find that your environment connects or, you know, allows for this experience of flow? And that's also a great question as well, because it's an interesting one in that from that I took, it was along the lines of, is there a greater connection to nature? Um, is there a greater connection to flow, sorry, when being closer to nature? And I'd say that that might be different for everyone. And I know there's many people that I've met that can be just as easily in that state but in your urban environment i think that probably sure. is connected to who you are as an individual um mm. and as a result of that i'd say that that flows maybe coming back to rather than the environment more about knowing yourself to know which environment suits you however mm. coming back to the fact that i do have the profound opposites of in a prison environment we can't go out in without keys um in addition to that the if we want if we want daylight in the sports hall we have to open the door but it's connected by a um you know like your normal prison door which you'd imagine uh with the bars coming down it's connected with that oh. there's like grass yeah. and the funny thing is you walk through the yard and there's ducks so like there's ducks in the main <laughs> prison yard and like well, nature definitely finds a way to survive anywhere, yeah. but the change in environment, I think, oh gosh, this might be a bit much, but for me, I'd say it's more about the energy surrounding that environment than the environment itself. And the energy in the prison, for example, it was hard to coach in initially for me because there's so many residual energies, so many other people in there, so many other feelings that it was more about creating that space and setting the tone there versus the actual environment itself as being the building and the prison and so on. But yeah. that being said, I think it's just a bit easier for me going to somewhere that is more connected with nature to, to find that, to create that. It doesn't take as much work to create that safe space. Mm. Yeah, when you're describing this to me, it's almost like flow is nature in a sense. And yes, it could be like modern living disconnects us from it, which isn't to say that it's impossible to experience it, like, but it might take more of that concerted effort. But it is part of like the human experience now. It's pretty known. What is the um, biophilia is like that the relationship of humans and um, nature. And so, there are studies that show like even if you have a photo of a tree in your office or like a plant, like there's a, there's a, that's a better, that's a more healthy thing than if you didn't, which is crazy. Like that's how strong that connection is. And you wow. know, all the Japanese things of like forest bathing and they have a culture where they bring people who have like high blood pressure and different issues out and just sit in the forest and it actually impacts their, health markers like wow. you know so we live right by manhattan and we're not really big city people 
No. And that's like an understatement. <laughs> and when we come back, it's like our entire system. Like, I don't know. I think people adjust and adapt to your point. So you kind of have to find a way probably to find peace, but I don't know that it's maybe ideal. Um, so that's really amazing to like create what you wanted and like to have sort of said like, this is what I want that to be and to bring that to yeah, your wow. members. That's oh, really cool. amazing. Um, so you're right now in your Airbnb. I so am. you guys have an Airbnb and that's like, how far is that from your gym? That is a seven hour drive. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you got to like work to get there and you, you just drive there. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's an effort. Yeah. And what was the intention? Cause you guys have spent some time there as well. Like you don't just always have it rented out. Like when, what was the, so you went from like a beautiful place where you have your gym to now like another um, beautiful place. Yeah. So it was always something we'd wanted to do. And it was, if anyone out there is considering an Airbnb, I'd say think twice. Um, <laughs> because it, it seems really easy and really simple and maybe isn't quite. But we were quite, well, I was quite spontaneous, especially in our relationship. I am probably the most spontaneous one and I'll make it work and it'll happen. And my husband is very much the how, what, when. <laughs> yeah happy to know it's I'm not like let's do it or there's a will there's a way exactly I agree yep but I guess we need that we need someone to help ground us and we we did the north coast 500 which I don't know if you've heard about but ho over here there's a road that goes along like the north of Scotland and it's called okay. the north coast 500 and it is absolutely beautiful like the beaches are beaches that you think you'd see in the Mediterranean or something crazy like that usually a lot colder but it's beautiful and yeah. we did that last May and Sky, where I am now was our last stop off so we thought well we'll stop off in Sky. and um, we'd never been before and we were both we both just knew <laughs> we were like yeah this is the place we spoke about an Airbnb for years if we're going to do it, this is the place. And we'd found this house, which we were not, we'd, when we saw it on online, we were like, oh no, we'll go and view it just in case. Mm -hmm. And we viewed it and the views, we were sold straight away. We, the p pictures just didn't do it justice. And we were like, this is, this is the place. Mm -hmm. And then we bought the house come August. Wow. So that's wow. where we are now. Yeah. Amazing. So you did your workout there today. I saw your I photo. Did. So we have been having this thing where we have our guests or we invite them. We don't make anybody do anything, but we yeah. <laughs> invite them to do a workout. And sort of to your point before about, you know, the workouts or gyms being about more than just the physical, you know, that's kind of, that is between the ears. Like, you know, the workout is an excuse to practice something um, that's much deeper or, you know, a mindset. So it was funny because when I sent you, and there's the, the dose online, I saw you went, 
you went in and checked it out. You know, it's funny because every week we only post that week's. And so like the others disappear. And one of the reasons for that is people that do it every week, you know, trying to keep it from being this like pile on, oh my gosh, I didn't do last week. I still, I have to like do that. Cause then it becomes this stressful thing. And it's just like being in the moment and this is the weeks. And if you do it, okay. And if you don't, okay, the new one comes up. Um, But so I had sent you one and it wasn't like a good fit equipment wise. And so then I sent you a different one and then because you're up there, you didn't have a bike. And it was funny because your question being like, is that okay? It's, it's like, of course. And it, it sounded like that was sort of a freeing answer for you. Really um, was. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it's cool. Cause we've had different people do the same one. And often people will come on and be like, did I, did I do it right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, there is no right, you know? And it's like more about just what the experience was. So think the one that you were doing was like the every minute on the minute, the the fire plunge, yeah. which is kind of funny because you do the the cold plunges. And we had started doing cold plunges in January. And so Bill came up with this fire plunge, which maybe, I don't know if it was part of this, but, you know, we were doing the cold plunge for maybe initially two minutes. And then I did the bike one. And after like two minutes, you know, a minute and then a minute, I was like, this is so much more painful than ice water. <laughs> like, so I think that's where the name kind of, okay, well, that's a cold plunge. This is a fire plunge. So I think that's the one you did. And the, the notion is every minute and you're, you know, getting to some number and, hope, you know, challenging is sort of the thing there because it's about your tolerance. So tell us kind of what you did and what your, yeah, what, what, what came up for you. That's really cool. So, whether I, and this just shows my, I guess, preconditioning with the programming that I've done in the past, but whether I did this correctly or not, um, <laughs> I, so I didn't have a sled, so I did have a dumbbell. So I switched it to either moving with the dumbbell and doing lunges or running with the dumbbell on my shoulders. I thought, well, it's not quite the same as a sled, but it's as close as I can possibly get it. And I'm moving a load, so I'll stick to that. And then mm-hmm. the second minute was burpees. And I went with the suggestion of doing two and adding okay. two every every minute. And then the third minute was rest and it was for 60 minutes. So the way I did it was I kept to the lunges and I made sure I kept to the same number. So as my burpees increased, I was trying to hold myself accountable to not letting that slip. And then I added two every reps for the burpees. And then I got to 22 and I failed my 24. So then I went back to two and then went up again. Was that? And then on the oh, last. Wow. Yes. Well, you're, you're a very good athlete. Thank so God yes. you're fit. <laughs> no, no. But Phil's like, wait, I'm sorry, what? Okay. So then you went back up. Yes. Phil's 22, not- 46,000. <laughs> We don't ever count the reps. We so you went know. back. So you went back up. So did you get back to twenty four? Did you exceed twenty no, four? No. So I okay. Okay. Thank you. So I got to twenty four and then dropped it back down and then I think I got back to eighteen um, as I was going back up. But then it came to the 59th minute. And I know it said on the 59th minute, go for what you didn't complete. So I did. Yeah. And I didn't complete it in the minute, but I did it. So yes, yeah. that is what that it is. is yeah. But yeah, 
Okay, so that that's awesome. And that's, I mean, I am sure, you know, and, and that's obviously you probably, f the mindset for that one, um, which is, was kind of, I thought a great one, like seeing it through, like, because a lot of people who have done that, there's this, the beginning, there's a lot of time because it's a death by. And so you're sort of, my experience of it, I had a lot of projections about what was going to come. How was that experience of sort of, Yay. you know, the progression? And I guess it sort of makes it worse, even though you're doing less work at the thought of what your mind's projecting versus just being with it. Mm -hmm. I definitely relate to that. Yeah, so what was the beginning of that like for you? Like what was... What was the beginning? Because this is an interesting kind of theme, I think, that when I did it, I was experiencing, you know, it took, it, it was the, let's say, maybe the second round. So five or six minutes in, and you do the sled push. Okay, fine. And then you do like one burpee. I did one because I'm, okay. well, because you're way Much fitter less than fit I. Than yeah, you. I'm way less fit than you. <laughs> and then like two. And then it's like, it's, it's almost like this like agitation that like I could be doing literally anything else right now. And this is, this is stupid. This is silly. You know what I mean? Like this is, I'm doing two no, burpees and then I, yeah. And so what was that like for you uh, at the beginning? So I'm sorry, before I answer that, I just feel I've got to say, thank you for sharing that because I have for many years thought, what is wrong with me? And I mean this in the sense that, <laughs> So <laughs> I genuinely have where people that I've trained with and the people that I have trained with and spent time around have been people that have been very focused on getting to, say, the CrossFit Games or getting to a very high level in competition with CrossFit. And in the sessions that they would do or I would do alongside, I am an individual known for going in, getting it done and getting out. And it's a, I don't dally around. If there's a rest period, I don't like doing the rest period. I'll maybe <laughs> do an every minute on the minute of heavy snatches instead of two minute rest. And they're like, what's wrong with you? Well, it's like, just, um, just take the rest. So the fact that someone else feels yeah. that agitation, it makes me feel a lot better because it, yeah. I, I felt the same where in this workout, it was, oh gosh, if it was any other day other than today, I'd have probably felt more agitated because I'd have had a list of things to do that I was like, my attention's needed elsewhere versus right. giving myself the attention of, no, sorry, giving myself the ability to basically give myself attention, if that makes sense, yeah, by doing yeah. the workout yeah, as prescribed and not taking away the rest. But for today, I like, you know where I am. I've purposely not given myself yeah. any things to do. And as a result, it was it was genuinely pure enjoyment in doing the workout that I was giving myself the opportunity to take as long as it needed. Whereas mm -hmm. that is not something that I've often done in the past and still practice to do now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a, it's just amazing how similar people are with categories of folks and, you know, CrossFit, functional fitness, 
high intensity work, like this type of physical expression is typically not one for the person who likes to avoid doing difficult things. (laughs) And yet for many, the three of us in different ways, the most difficult thing sometimes to do is just not do anything. And the mind starts to whisper little things that become more and more convincing or then turn into shouts. And it's like, okay, well, let me just scratch that itch. So I, so I avoid or, you know, ameliorate this unpleasant experience. But it's like, yeah, but you're somebody who is also enjoying unpleasant experiences because of their cathartic, challenging, you know, transformative nature. But it's like, it's just an amazing thing how sometimes the the hardest thing is not doing anything. Or the hardest thing is, like you said, inviting and allowing yourself to be able to be with yourself and to have that just for the sake of enjoying. Absolutely. You know, it's a it's a wonderful it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. And that and that was sort of <clears throat> I think the interesting mindset, like the seeing it through for me, that was because I also probably fall into that category of you know, efficiency or I don't need that time or just the discomfort of the thoughts starting to wander. And then it is funny because you're at the end holding these very challenging rounds and you're like, remember back when I was just standing there? (laughs) You know, like, okay, but this is really uncomfortable. Um, So just learning to appreciate, you know, like not projecting and not anticipating and not just like being where you are in that moment. And obviously presence is a big thing for people in today's um, environment that can be challenging and, um, and you know, the hard, the hard stuff will come and it's there, but just knowing when, when to give yourself a break maybe and when to push. Um, yeah. You were saying that like some of the programming you've done as a competitor. So you've competed in at like the sem- the semifinals and mostly you've done some individual and some team what's that yeah so I I was on a team that went to the games quite a few years ago now and then since then in all honesty after the games with the team I was like do I want is this this what I really want to do um because we we definitely sacrificed a lot leading up to that games experience and I think it probably for me came down to that actual the actual experience of the games of like was that worth it which was a hard question for someone at my age to ask myself because because how old were you uh, I think I was 19 20 20 or 19 somewhere around there but it was everything I thought I wanted, if that like resonates, where it was, this is everything that I've been working towards, building towards. And it was a bit of a, oh, maybe not quite what I expected. Mm-hmm. And then since then, it was, can the competitive side 
still allow me to shine through as me or in order to be a high level competitor in some format do I have to lose parts of myself in order to get there and that was I guess that's probably been the journey since then Um, and so I went into the individual side after quite a little bit of like trying to figure that out and trying to gain a little bit more self-awareness surrounding that and I guess not really come to an answer with it but again just trying to go with the flow of it of sometimes potentially (laughs) other times that's that's not what I want but that's okay to not be what I want as well but yeah so many different programs and different experiences within that yeah I really appreciate you saying that because I think it speaks to well there's a lot of value in there but I think one of the things it speaks to is that we have this little thing that if the degree to which you're training can kind of be can can be a measure of it can be the degree to which you're sacrificing. Yeah. If there's no sacrifice, you're not training. Yeah. You might be doing a lot. Doing a lot is probably not the best training because you're yeah. trying to do everything, right? Like exactly. And as an athlete, as like a capital A athlete, there will be a time where there will be parts of you, characteristics, personalities, interests that need to be sacrificed or perhaps muted a little bit. Yeah, that's a really good way. And I'm curious, I'm curious to know if that lesson as 18, 19, 20-year-old Oakley wasn't quite learned like you didn't know that but the process of getting to the games might have kind of crystallized it or shown you like because you said hey it was everything i thought it would be but then all of a sudden you get there and you're like wait a second this isn't everything i thought it would be so would you mind digging in a little deeper to your you know knowing yourself process athlete train like because i think this is yeah well, it so there was that, and it was the. I think it was tra- for me personally, and this there was a lot of things that came up because I feel like what you what you've mentioned there about the lesson was probably that that at the time the lesson itself, in its core, was something that I was learning and had come to fruition following the games, the feelings that came up. But I think since then, it's continued to be a lesson that hasn't necessarily stopped because the competitive Mm -hmm. side of CrossFit has still been something that I find certainly interesting. And more so recently, I think part of it has come down to the fact that due to, I think a lot of the things that whether, so this is just my opinion, but a lot of the lessons that come up maybe due to things that have happened in the past to us, maybe due to perceptions that we've maybe not realized we employ, but have been encouraged by whether that family or society. And the lessons are a way for us to regain our focus and to reconnect with ourselves. So the way that I've found recently is when I was younger, 
And this is definitely not a bad thing at all because it, it is a lesson. But my grandma got me into jujitsu very young and she had me doing jujitsu from like the age of five. And bear in mind, it's only recently I've put this together after years and years of trying to sort of understand this process. And then it suddenly clicks when it's meant to click. And sure. she had me competing in jujitsu around the world at the age of like 12. So the competition aspect and working hard and sacrificing has always been known. It's always been a, and that's something that's definitely followed me through in other areas of life, which is probably why I am at the point where I am, where I own a gym, I guess a flow master on staff. Like if there's something that I envision is something that I'd like to get, I will work hard for it. I'll work my ass off, whatever that is. Yeah which is something I'm grateful for my parents for because they've obviously helped me along there in understanding that. But that sacrifice was always known. Like, oh gosh, I used to train from like 15. I would be at jujitsu four times a week whilst other people were going out and eating and drinking and so on. And it's because we had like the British Championships coming up or something like that. And so for me, I'll be honest, I don't think I ever gave myself the choice of what I wanted. And then I got my black belt in jujitsu and I'd won, like, I'd be, I'd be, I was British champion, world champion. There wasn't anywhere else to go. And that's when I found CrossFit. Mm. And it just pulled mm. me into the same, same experience, I suppose, where it was, okay, well, I don't know anything else competition strive hard work hard be the best that you can be compete against other individuals and that was it and for me going to the games because probably of the sacrifice it made me question my why and I couldn't tell you I I didn't have a genuine why am I doing this for me other than it being potentially because it's something that I'd learned growing up and never given myself the opportunity to I never realized that it maybe wasn't something I wanted, but potentially what someone else had wanted for me. Um, That's not to say that I haven't enjoyed and didn't enjoy the training and the experiences that I've had. But as time's gone on, I've realized that moving my body and training is something that I feel I'll always enjoy but the sacrifice that you've got to make to be a high level athlete means I can't work in the prison and help these lads rehabilitate and find new communities. And I can't be an affiliate owner that is there every weekend, helping my members along, being part of the community that I've created. And I was like, and it's taken me a while to get this, but it's not a lesser of a thing to want to do those things over being an athlete like they're both great it doesn't make you less of a person but it's just a decision I found that coming back to what you want is the most important thing that you can have to drive those decisions but but yeah sorry that was rather a long-winded answer I think it's a beautiful answer I think it's a wise answer yeah and it's your answer and that's thank you for sharing thank you Thanks for listening. I, I do have to ask a question. Do you yeah. still do jujitsu? 
No, I do. I would, I've been back on the mat a few times and I have loved it. It's like a piece of me comes back okay. because it's so much enjoyment now. But the reason yeah. I don't is because, or haven't, not don't, haven't in the past, is I couldn't let go of that athlete side, the CrossFit yeah. side. I just couldn't because I think it was such a big part of my personality. And this is this is going a bit bigger, but... Uh, it was so connected to my worth that I was like, oh my gosh, if I'm not competing, is anyone even going to want to come to my gym? Is anyone going to want to listen or like be a part of the things that I put out? And for me, the athlete side was what gave me worth in getting to do the things that I wanted to do the most, because that's what I believed people would respect more than actually putting who I was as a coach out there, um, if coach is the right term. But but the the jiu-jitsu side is now, sorry, going back to it, I didn't do it because I didn't want to get injured. And there was a lot yeah. of possibility yeah. of that happening when you're rolling on the floor and so on. But we yeah. there was one of one of my members is actually an ex-cage fighter. And I moved about 45 minutes up the road. Um six years ago now to move in with my now husband and so I moved away from all of our like dojos and training and he was from the area and he was like Oaks there's this place like you need to get back on the mat so we sorted out a gym social for us and we went and he was like right come on then let's go me and you <laughs> it's like a <laughs> a common banter thing like yeah nah, she she can't do that like She's too nice. No, I can't imagine her yeah, like yeah. tapping someone out. And yeah. it was the best thing ever, but I tapped him out. <laughs> I, was so so funny. <laughs> I was like, it's still yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what do I look like when there's no more blood going to your brain? I'd like to, <laughs> you know, like you just I'll blood choke you now. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. It was fun. But no, not quite the same as what it used to be. Sure. Yeah, I had a diff. I have struggled with that since I stopped playing soccer slash football. Yeah. Um, I couldn't turn it off. Like, I if I put cleats on, and if I stepped between white lines, I changed. Yeah. And you know, I was playing in this like little, league, and it's been. We tried to do like there's a there's a league. So we recently you know sold our CrossFit gym, but. Um, it's kind of fun now because we go there more just to participate now. Like we participate in the open and we are there for open gym and it, people are like, this is like a Renaissance. I'm like, it is. So it's nice to be part of something um, and totally not just be, like, but it's, you know, such a great community. And I guess a couple springs ago, there's like in that town, there's like different leagues. You can, there's like a club thing that. Like adult leagues. Yeah. They organize yeah. these adult yeah. leagues and it's fun. And someone who also had played soccer. There's a couple ex footballers and they're like, let's get a team together. I'm like, Oh, that's perfect. You know, Bill, Bill can play. And he played at a very high level and it did not, it did not go well. <laughs> it did not go well. <laughs> I mean, what happened? Well, first of all, I like pulled my hamstring, which <laughs> was the worst thing. Oh, no. Uh, you know, I, I remember one game where it started getting chippy. And 
there's just a lot of reasons why I don't want to be a form of myself that I was. (laughs) And I don't, I never liked the, like the, the, the the mouth thing that, that, you know, basically people who suck take out their aggression of not being well through cheap little fouls, little chips, this and that. When it matters, competition, certain levels, I get it. It's part of the deal. On a league, on a weekend league, it doesn't matter. And I, I had my kind of glory days <laughs> that were ver- that were glorious, that were really amazing and were awesome. And those are done. Like I've heard my final whistle. <laughs> and I'm good with it, you know? So I understand not everybody had that, but like I also the don't, environment. Yeah, like yeah, it I just was a mismatch. Yeah, like and, and nothing bad happened really, but like there was a couple times where it's like, all right, I could possibly injure this person if I act naturally. And I don't want to do that because it doesn't that's not appropriate. And <laughs> you know, all of that. I I, I as my senior year college we play in the fall and that's when our season finishes up in the winter there's like indoor leagues and stuff because where we live it's you know snow and stuff and the company that i was eventually that i signed a contract with like a the a corporate company for finance like for, for finance a job. For, yeah. yeah yeah i interned there the junior my, my summer before my senior year and they're like, hey, you did good. We want to hire you. Just don't fail out of school. So like right on. So going into senior year, I was like, this is great. I'm just playing soccer and, you know, pretty much stress-free. So one of the dudes uh, emails me or whatever. He's like, hey, we're doing a summer league or a winter league. Once your season finishes up, that'd be cool. Like, you know, work, good for networking, you know, good, good way to meet people at the firm. And I'm like, yeah, right on. Like, that's that's cool. Well, I had a great senior year, but like the way it ended was rough, like just gutting. And so it's like, okay, fine. And that ends in maybe November. In December, this winter league starts up. Okay. This is like a corporate, like against other companies. And there's a couple of people who can play. Well, this one person is like chippy and like cheap. And I'm like, hey, so I go up to him and like, you know, there's a dead ball. They get a foul called. And I'm like, hey, I'm like, just fucking stop. Like right now. Like just stop. You know, and he's like, you know, mouthing off. I'm like, okay. He gets the ball next. And I just like lay him out. And I leaned over to him. and was like, am I going to have to ask you again? Like just, just fucking stop. And he, you know, throws the ball at me or whatever. And I take him and I just like throw him. Like. <laughs> kind of like a hit in the chest, but like a throw, and then start stepping towards him because like starting a little fight. And it was like, there, it was just a lot of rage and anger. And I'm really like not actually proud of it because it's, it's pretty pathetic actually. And the guy, the guy who, oh no, 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 he fouled someone else. That's what, he fouled one of my teammates, like, like cheap. And mm-hmm. that's where I just went up. I was like, fuck you, we're done. We're going. I'm a 21, like I'm a kid too. <laughs> And the dude who asked me to play was like, hey, hey, like, you're super loyal. That's, like, awesome. 
And uh, yep, that dude at the firm is a partner. And that's great that you're protecting him. <laughs> but just remember, like, he's also a partner. And you're sort of representing, like, Price Warehouse yeah, at this like, point. Like, this is not calm the fuck down. Like, fit. Dan, I think I'm going to not play anymore. <laughs> yeah. got some- I'm going to go. I'm going to stay for yeah. some therapy. Yeah. And so, anyway, that, but that, to your point, too, like, just, I don't know how to turn, I didn't know how to turn that off. Yeah. And it already cool heard that, that finalism. That you could engage with, like, that fun side. And that is, like, part of who you are. Like, it's great to see that you could tap into that a little bit with your members and, like, share that with them, but still in, like, a healthy way. Um, I'm with you. I'm with you. It was. To so, yeah, <laughs> it was, like, on the line. You're probably like, yeah, oh, that's yeah, a fine it line. was. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it is interesting, the CrossFit stuff. And I, as I said, like not in a self, not, I'm not saying this in a self-deprecating way. I'm just saying it in like having respect for people who are as fit and accomplished as you. I was nowhere close to your level of athlete, but I still found it hard. And I, I think I've gotten to a place now where I'm, I'm like almost there, but engaging with CrossFit even like, cause you love it for training, you love it for health, like all these things, but there's still that, like like the open is possibly one of the most unhealthy things. Like I love it, but I also get into it and I'm like, like just the unhealthy, like whatever, like that workout, maybe I should redo it, the bar height. The, and it's like, why, who even cares? This means nothing. And you know, at a time, there was a time where yes, redoing something, okay, that would make sense why I would redo a workout at this point in my life. But the fact that that's even like in there, uh, you know, I hadn't thrusted a barbell in years. And so I was like, okay. And and that initially was like, oh, cool. Let's see what happens. And oh, wow. I did like 125. Like that, that's more than I could have imagined. And then within two hours, I'm like, oh, maybe I could have gone 130, you know? And so how, how does that go for you? I mean, have you found a healthy please well um yeah I'd say I definitely have um in the past absolutely not though in the past no um if I'm being absolutely honest and sharing like parts of myself that I hope if anyone does hear this they do think thank god I'm not alone but especially after we went to the games um we were the first British team to get to the games and I know it was ages ago now and things have changed but at the time it was it was big and it felt big and afterwards especially going into the next open all I could think about was people are going to look and think what's happened to her like why is because I had an injury going into the games with my shoulder and after the games I decided to actually spend time looking at it and trying to get things sorted and as a result training really changed but then obviously when it came around to the open again it was like okay let's get ready off we go and so those were the thoughts in my head and it was probably two or three years before I realized these are really really unhealthy thoughts to have like first of all what does it matter if anyone else is even looking at where you place in the leaderboard Secondly, no one's going to be looking, highly likely. But also third, why is your performance against other people on a leaderboard more important than your ability to actually be part of a workout and what you can do in it for yourself? And since then, it took me 
quite quite a bit of time to go through that and to face that and to I guess whether like for me personally I meditate I journal I've seen different people whether that be in relation to energy work whether that be in relation to like past experiences different therapists and so on because I was like these aren't healthy thoughts to have surrounding something like this so if I want to perform better these need to change because at the end of the day if I'm a constant comparison to something else then we're never ever going to be as good as I I could be so that was the the sort of guide to change things up and then now it's more about don't get me wrong those thoughts come like I'll, I'll be honest I did one of the workouts and it it was it went really badly not not for anything other than if I'm being absolutely honest as a woman certain times a month like hit hard <laughs> and it yeah, hit yeah. hard yeah. really yeah. hard it wasn't good timing it was bad timing and I I remember just completing a thruster and then going and sitting in the toilet in like so much cramped pain that my members were like has she injured herself is Oakley injured I was like no guys this is just real talk real things that happen um and after that like even the thoughts of do I do it again like does it matter Mm -hmm. like and I think it's just about now now they come up it's less about thinking oh fuck sorry but they've come up and more about being accepting of the fact that they're there and knowing that they don't control me anymore to be like I can recognize you but yeah I'm actually not gonna do it again and that's okay um whereas before they would have all consumed me right yeah and I think that's a huge like that's such a great point that there are often people I think that believe it's about never having those thoughts or controlling yeah. only controlling your thoughts to be a certain way and that's just not possible you can't control that they're going to come but you know um one of the things bill he works with um younger people too and one of the things he described to um a younger person was like those thoughts are like people on the street that you might pass and like you don't have to like stop and say hello and engage like but you don't also have to like totally like turn around and ignore them. You can just like, oh, hi, and then let them keep going. And yeah. I often think about that sort of just as like a visual with the thoughts. Like I said that? Yeah, you did. <laughs> really nice. I like that. I remember um, I like that. I yeah, and it's that. just like, it's good. Yeah, like you don't have to engage in them, but the energy to be like, why am I having that thought? I can't have that thought. That's bad. Like that's, that's not healthy either. Um, yeah. Well, I do want to ask you one more thing because personally it's like um, really like a, yeah, for, like I'm very interested in it. So you also, so, okay, let's, so you were a like world-class jujitsu. I'm just, I'm just like accumulating your resume here. <laughs> it's like jujitsu, okay. And you're a flow master on staff and you work with um, the, the nonprofit with the prisoners and you have your own um, affiliate, but then you also do retreats. And that was something like I sort of have dabbled in and that's like a personal um, just passion. Like, I guess I didn't always appreciate like even just like women's only kind of energy. And then since I have really appreciated that more, it's like, wow, this is really special. So 
what's that, where did that start and kind of what are you doing with that? Yeah. Just, I guess, um, so curious. Trees, gosh, where did they start? Oh gosh, it was, it was, so I used to work with Lululemon and they opened a side of the mindset surrounding life that wasn't, I didn't have access to be before it hadn't come into like my awareness and it really really prompted a few things and they used to do a few like special days where because of like what the brand was it was more focused on it, it was more focused around individuals that were like yoga teachers or pilates right. instructors and like the intensity side which tended to be the individuals I was around a lot of the time weren't there and so the days were very holistic very focused on wellness and I remember experiencing a couple of them and thinking these have been so transformative I want to be able to like um I'd like to be able to do it for someone else, for others that maybe wouldn't find that as accessible. Yeah. But I'd also like to take into consideration the fact that some of us maybe need that form of intensity. Like that's just, if you imagine a hole in which you can speak to an individual, that's the way that you can connect with them because it's the way that they understand themselves. So that was where they started and they, massively developed and they I'll be honest I've not planned any this year because I did I took them for granted in how much energy it takes to do yeah. and hold yeah. a good one or what I deem as a good one sure. and holding that space for people is just it's quite big a lot it's wonderful yeah. but yeah. it's big but it was yeah. we did well I held two last year and then holding one again in June and it, it is like you just mentioned there I think it's so special but something I never expected especially growing up around like guys like I was the only girl in my family so, energy. Yeah. yeah definitely a lot of it but then being around just females because I'd never been in a sport team when I was younger I also didn't experience it there mm. it blew my mind how powerful it is but I never wanted to be one of these individuals that was like maybe a bit over the top on in female and empowerment, yes. but yeah, it's yeah. special. It really is special. Well, they look amazing and I, I hear you on like to do it well and like have all of probably your, like I see in, in even like the food, like having value in, yeah quality food and the experience and the ambiance and the setting and the locations you pick and like it's all just beautiful and it looks like you also do some weekend things at the gym too or like one day yeah we um, do. and that I love seeing that that's awesome thank you well you're always always welcome no so we are excited we are for those who don't know we're going to come hell or high water. We're coming the end of uh, September. And um, yeah, the ethos weekend, similarly to what, you know, you're speaking of with like holding the space. Um, it's, and I can't at all relate completely because really Bill like does a lot of like, a lot of the teaching and the leading and he's more in with people's like experience. I mean, I'm certainly supporting him 
but it's definitely like an exhausting thing to be holding that space. And that's kind of like an, maybe an overused term, but it's true. And you don't know what's going to come up for people and just being able to create that safety and kind of guide them through is like a really huge thing. Um, but yeah, so we're very much looking forward to coming and, you know, sort of all the things you've talked about and just where your perspective and your journey is absolutely like to us sounds like that's sort of where I thought it would be such a great, um, yeah, an open community to host and have people experience it. So we're looking forward to it. Yeah. Very much looking forward to having you. I think it's, oh gosh, it's so refreshing from my perspective to see people doing what you guys are doing and bringing awareness to a topic that can be so, so massively, oh gosh, affected by what we do in the gym that honestly when I when I saw years ago I think before I think it was Ben Massey that shared something from from Bill and I was like oh my word that really hits home that resonates a lot and I've followed you guys ever since so to be able to have you come to the gym my gym and to potentially help and influence or just share and bring it into people's awareness of members in the gym or people that are nearby I'm very grateful. Well, we're grateful to come. And I think one of the, one of the things that actually talked a little bit about this last week on the, like a CrossFit health podcast that we were having a conversation on as coaches, as leaders, as affiliate owners, as, as all of that, really people who guide and serve others and provide value to others. I would, I, I would, I'll, I'll speak from my experience and tell me if this is deviates from yours, but there's almost this inquenchable drive to accumulate more knowledge and learn more so that you can distill that, package it, share it, deliver it, and influence others. And we view ourselves almost as these like, you know, uh, just kind of flow through kind of thing so like okay cool someone's teaching this i'm going to take it i'm going to share it i'm going to connect it to to others and that's a wonderful thing however it's also very common that like we don't necessarily experience or invest in ourselves to the point of today's workout with you where it's like hey i'm gonna like i'm gonna check the box i'm gonna get, not to say check the box but like i'm gonna get it done because i'm i've got a lot of things to get done like impressive people typically don't do just one thing in the day and call it good. And, you know, it's like, all right, all these things. And sometimes you forget to allow yourself to have that experience. And one of the things I think that with like mental health and mindset and, and, and identity and all these different things is that it is very difficult to talk about, you know, it's very difficult to have conversation about it. We're limited by just the, just the limitations of language are a thing. And with ethos, one of the things we feel very strongly in is the transformative power of just experience, having an experience. And not necessarily so that you can leverage it and be better in class. Yes, of course. That's 
that's a that's a very nice byproduct, but it's not the primary intent. And the primary intent is for people to, you know, really have an empowering, transformative experience at a level that's like right and true to them. And hopefully through, you know, over the through the course of the weekend and the two days and getting to know people and sort of how we've how we've sort of planned it to to go, that becomes that becomes felt not just like known up in the head Mm -hmm. if that makes sense well it's almost like where we started talking about the the cold exposure like you started with a very cognitive kind of oh this is like this is good for this and then it became just like an experience of being in nature um so you know sure you can go on and use that for other things but just being in the experience and and then letting it of course influence you and um, and it's cool to see people like you who are serving other people all the time just participate with and go shoulder to shoulder with their members and oh, have an experience totally. and not necessarily, yeah, hand over the wheel and be like, Absolutely. okay, like, yeah, like, part of the I don't need to create it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Well, thank you for taking the time also for being patient and with all of our time change issues and technology issues, but I'm so glad we, um, that we did it. And my, thanks to my wonderful known, you know, technologically, technological skill that I had us turn off and on the machine and it, and it worked. Um, and that's cool that we can say, we'll see you within the year. It's easy. So, um, we'll have to offline talk about booking the, what the reality is of driving to said Sky Cottage, booking the Airbnb and getting the full experience. So, yeah. Welcome to. All right. Well, Oakley, what's the best place people can find you? um, I guess social media is the best place unless you are in person. If you're in person, then Forest Flow CrossFit is the way but yeah social media and you're right by manchester right um and you're right by manchester we're about an hour north of manchester okay cool very cool all right well thank you thank you so much this was great this was a just a wonderful wonderful chat yeah thank you enjoy the beauty of your scenery yeah thank you very much all right